Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate with Howard Drew Karsh. For those that don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders, along with Arthur Bartram and Ron Petticord, of Canada's largest independent brokerage with over 5,400 salespeople. I've also been on the board of directors of the Toronto, Real, Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, the Real Estate Council of Ontario, and I sit on the board of the company I co-founded. Um, my own background can be found on the first podcast we did called Intro. This is not your typical real estate podcast. We'll be interviewing and talking to salespeople, brokers, uh, people who market pre-construction, people who sell pre-construction, builders, developers, salespeople, lawyers, uh, media people, and people who don't necessarily fit right into the real estate sphere but are fascinating as individuals. And in fact, that's the reason for our podcast. All of the people that we have on have found a way to overcome roadblocks, setbacks, rejection, failures, and continue in a trajectory to be successful. And that, that becomes very interesting for our audience, so that's what it's all about on our podcast. My own background is, for 20 years, I was a real estate broker. Then when we started the company, as we grew, I would become the manager as we opened new offices, and then after a few years, I became broker of record and president. One of the things I did, and this is something all real estate managers and brokers do, is hire people. Uh, I hired new people and I hired transfer people. With the new people, the ones that had a spark were the ones that seemed, the ones with enthusiasm and the spark seemed to be the ones that did well. And for transfers, it was just flattering that people would join a company that was newer than the one they were with. And they just, they did it because the value was there for them. So that's my background. And now, what's more interesting, we'll talk about our guest. Our guest today is Betty Ann Hedges. Uh, Betty Ann, uh, I'm going to give you a little of her background because it's quite fascinating. And she's here for two reasons. One is she's fascinating, and second is she's written an interesting book we want to talk about. So Betty Ann has a degree in philosophy from University of Waterloo. Um, she works as a broker uh, in Hamilton, um, and she's very involved in visual arts. And, uh, and in the visual arts area, she has um, uh, had uh, a retail gallery ownership, um, been involved with nonprofit management, she has been on the Real Estate Council of Ontario, which is, which is where um, we kind of have a common friend in that. Uh, Lisa Wall, who is the manager of education, is a good friend of mine and a good friend of Betty Ann's, and recommended that uh, we speak to Betty Ann. And in fact, while we're on that topic, if you know anybody that you think would be a good guest for our podcast, please in email us at info at rewithhd.com. Uh, or if you have any topics you'd like to talk about, same thing. We'd love to hear from you on that. Um, she's also been regional chair with the Ontario Trillium Foundation and is a director of the Art Gallery of Burlington. So how's that for a, for a good introduction, Betty Ann? Well, thank you, Howard. Okay. The, why, why don't we start with the book that you've, that you've written? Because that's where I sort of found out about you. There was an article in REM about your book. Um, and even though I've, re you know, I've read the article, why don't we let you talk about why you decided to write the book and, and what the reaction has been. Then we'll go on to more about you, okay? Well, writing a book is something I've always wanted to do. I, I think I can track that dream to being eight years old and um, wanting to write something that my sisters would read. Hmm. And uh, not that uh, this book would have appealed to them at that age, but um, that desire to, uh, to create something that someone else can engage with um, I'm quite a reader and uh, books have always been fascinating. So it, it, a dream for many years. Uh, I've been working on this one about four years now. 
uh, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to have the time to polish it off and, and get it out there. But um, it's it's something I've always wanted to do. So pleased. And I've already um, have a good start on the next one. So. Okay. so on this one, why don't we do what, what we love doing to help our guests? Why don't we plug it? Do you have yeah. a copy of it nearby? Of course I do, Howard. <laughs> of course. Okay. And the name uh, title, because you can't see it as clearly, is? Practice of Her Profession. Okay. And let's talk a bit about the characters in there, because that that's what rings true, I think, is it, it relates to, uh, is it art imitates yeah. life or it, the other way? Yeah. Art imitates life? The uh, protagonist is uh, Kay Lang, who is an art dealer moving from um, a, a very polished art um, gallery in uh, Montreal to Hamilton. So she's doing a shift in terms of how she understands art and what she, her role within art. But also she comes up against um, uh, a different um, a different type of community, not as accepting of her vision. So she deals with some gentrification and um, in dealing a little bit with how she presents the indigenous art of the area, which again, it's a big part of Hamilton. This, this book is very Hamilton and Hamilton has been described as one of the primary characters of the book. Not something I set out to do, and but I was pleased that people are seeing it that way. Mm -hmm. And um, when you decided to write the book, uh, how did you choose the topic versus other things that might have interested you? Well, art's natural for me. It's a big part of my life. But the trajectory of an art dealer um, is fascinating to me, but also in terms of how art is a player in, in our lives. Uh, as Canadians, art's a big part of our lives. In Southern Ontario, ceramics are a big part of our lives. Um, the, the, the dirt is literally um, something that has been used to create things for centuries, longer than that, in uh, Southern Ontario. So a lot of things have, uh, came together and a lot of pieces of my experiences appeared in the book not always intentional. For example, real estate. I didn't see the real estate themes until they were pointed out to me afterwards. I, I live real estate. I've been in real estate 17 years. Of course, they had to show up, but I didn't really see it that way. And um, I'm, I'm surprised now when people point out things. And um, uh, I, I kind of like that. That's kind of interesting. Well, I think, you know what, I think when you have a, a, an avocation, and you're in real estate. Uh, we've had two guests that are similar. We've had uh, two guest real estate agents. Um, one was is both actually are currently uh, doing some performing work. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know it's interesting because in in the business of real estate, it's about uh, being able to communicate, right? And perhaps it's similar in writing. It's that you want to communicate in the written word uh, the same way you you would if you're standing in front of a client. So it's the same skill set. It is. It's also the opposite. It's listening. Uh, we hear people's stories. Um, we become very intensely involved in their lives for a relatively short period of time. We hope to continue that they will be part of our lives, but not as intimate as they are when they're actually, um, you know, in the business of buying or selling real estate. So we hear their stories and how they got to be where they're at and and why they're making a change. And, and I'm fascinated by that. 
You know, that's one of the things that I found when I was uh, selling, the thing that I found fascinating that over time, the friends I had all came out of being clients. Yes. Because mm -hmm. when you're, to your point, when you're dealing with someone who's under a lot of stress, making a big decision, and you're there to help them, they remember the help. They remember that you got them through the buying side, the selling side, uh, and, and clearly that creates a bond. And I think that's what, for me, that was one of the really nice benefits when I did sell is, you know, having these friendships that came out of it. Right, right. One of the things that is, is mirrored in the book that I, again, I didn't realize until later that it fully came into view after the book was out there and other people were, were reflecting themes to me is that uh, a big part of my practice in the last eight years has been bringing people to Hamilton from other areas that I, I call it the immigration pattern, but people coming from Toronto and from further west in Ontario into Toronto, or sorry, into Hamilton as it's been reinventing itself has been a theme of my real estate career and something I've so enjoyed because I've been the ambassador for Hamilton and pointing out things that uh, reflects their uh, personality, their needs as a family, their interests, as we've gone along in that journey to find them a home. So that's in the book because Kay is actually doing that. She is finding her way within Hamilton um, by just being out there wandering and enjoying the restaurant scene and the cultural scene and all of that. And um, I didn't really see that till later. So, so you mentioned there would be a follow-up book. Is it based on the results uh, or the feedback that you've gotten on this, or is it a, taking you in a different direction? It is in a different direction, but I, yeah, I guess, um, I guess it. My ideas are informed by some of the themes that other people have pointed out to me. Absolutely, okay. I hadn't thought of that. Thanks, Howard. <laughs> it's all a part of our service. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let me let me go on to uh, some of the questions that help uh, help uh, the viewers understand a bit about about you, the uh, the person. Um, the first question I always ask is, how did we meet? But it's clear we, we thank Lisa Wall for the introduction. So that takes care of that. One of the things that affect, affects and influences everybody is family background. Um, in your background, uh, were, were, were there any entrepreneurs or were there any in your case, were there any authors? Uh, no authors. Uh, I don't even come. Well, my father's a big reader. Um, my mother is an entrepreneur. She's had a few businesses, um, uh, a, a strong farm family. Um, my great grandmother uh, immigrated from Belgium and she was quite an entrepreneur. And uh, we have great stories about her. Um, I didn't discover that part of my family until recently. Um, but um she she was really something and i and i often think of her that i may have some of her blood in terms of uh, business decisions and and a little bit of risk taking but um my mother certainly has some of her of her inspiration and, and as do you i think you know going into the the career of real estate it it's entrepreneur i mean that's that's what that business is and we find on our podcast that many of the guests it wasn't a very difficult leap because they come from families where there were entrepreneurs. So they understand, uh, you know, what it takes to, you know, move out of what would be an employee situation to running your own business. And clearly, you know this, I know this, everybody who does it knows there's ups and there's downs. But uh, the ones that are successful in it, uh, I just think it comes down to a passion for doing it. I mean, it's, you know, you're going to have roadblocks and challenges, but 
there's just something about those 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 uh, uh, thrills of uh, helping someone with a buy or a sell. Am I correct? Absolutely. In your case? Yeah. Uh, the, and that roller coaster does get easier as you go on in the years, and you understand the cycles, and you prepare better for them. You can you can see the change in the wind, and and you can adjust your sails a little better, I guess. But um, it, it is easier as the years go by. The other benefit as the years go by, and this is what when I was uh, hiring new people. I would tell them the ultimate goal in being in the real estate business is a referral business. And the longer you're in it and the the better you serve clients, the more of the referral you get. And it really is, uh, when you're at that stage, it really is much more fun because they're coming to you. It, and, it, and it's the best business because there's an idea that personalities are going to match even before you've met. So it, it, it is an easier transition to a trust position within their lives. And yeah, they're absolutely the best. And that's that I think happens when you're a successful agent because it doesn't happen. You know, if you don't become successful, you never get the benefits of that. You only have the struggle, right? But uh, clearly you've had the success. What about this in your career? What, what was the influence of luck, uh, hard work, uh, and persistence? Well, I think all in equal measure. It, it's hard not to... Um... I, I kind of see luck as a little different. I see luck as being um, maybe a little bit more um, connected to intuition than um, than just out of the blue. It's those things that come your way that you may not consciously realize that you have created through your um, a sense of gratitude or a connection you've made to someone else that comes your way that you may label it luck rather than hard work. But um but in perseverance, absolutely. I'd also like to add resilience into that mix. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important, uh, an important characteristic that this last year has taught many of us that resilience really matters and seeing the big picture and holding on. That's actually a really important point because this with there's always been challenges as a as an independent business person as an entrepreneur, but there's never been a pandemic, and uh, you you know there's no way to to say, okay, I remember I did this before and this is how I handled this. You're right. Nothing in the last year has been clearly more relevant to, to surviving uh, is, is resilience. So thanks for bringing up that point. One of the things, um, and I guess it's clear with any entrepreneur, your grandmother, your mother, and now you, is the concept of risk and how you feel about taking risks and um, you know, how, how does that affected your choices uh, in your life? Well, I can't say that's been a smooth path. I think risk, um, your, your, your situation um, at different points in your life, you do deal with risk differently. I think um, people who are self-employed do deal with it differently than those that have these wonderful things that come in regularly. I, I think they're called paychecks. Right. Um, we, we, we being self-employed look at that differently, but also you look at it differently in, in different stages of your life also. And um, I can't say that's been a, a smooth path. Um, it goes up and down and depending on my children's needs, um, my own needs, um, how smoothly you can deal with the ups and downs. Um, that, it's an interesting, it, it, it's not easy though. And I think those that think they have that mastered their their um 
I've noticed that a lot of real estate agents are interested in stoicism and uh, I am also in that, and that's all dealing with risk and, and, and understanding fear in our lives. And, and there's a real estate agents have a natural uh, affinity to stoicism for that reason. Well, one of the things that I find, uh, and this, this goes back to when I, even when I took the course, I was licensed in 1984, brokered in 1986, is I don't believe that in the, um, in the courses, they teach people to understand the concept of risk, but even more so, I don't believe they teach people the concept of failure because no. failure and overcoming failure just builds more confidence. And, and it's not, and I just think people are afraid to fail because they think that makes them a failure. Whereas, you know, any entrepreneur, you, me, anyone who's, who's had success hasn't had a straight line. They've had to overcome things. And, um, and I just think, you know, you understand it once you've gone through it, right? And you would see that with colleagues, right? I think that uh, Brian Buffini said it in the most succinct way. Next. Okay, that's right. <laughs> because that's how it is. You leave the old uh, problems behind and move on. That that's It's optimism. You, you, you Clearly, no one becomes an entrepreneur without optimism. If, if you have any doubts uh, and passion... And you're going to, you run into these difficult rejections and failures. If you don't have the passion and optimism, you won't make it. You just got to believe you will. And uh, that's why I enjoy doing what we do here because we meet people who have that same philosophy and uh, it's, uh, it's invigorating. It really is. So, so one of the other things, and I guess this would be, uh, maybe there's a lot in your case, but can you narrow it down to who's been the biggest influence in your career or even a, a few people? Well, you know, I've had, I've, I've worked with some very good broker of record and I've worked some with some very poor bro brokers of record. And I think in equal measure, uh, they give you something. I was a managing director with in the Remax um, um, organization for a few years. And um, I was exposed to some wonderful people in terms of motivation. Um, and there's a few women in that group that I think uh, have really stood out. But um, it, it, within real estate, it has been a lot of different people who have given me this, um, an idea of what the business is and what the business should be in terms of how we deal with people. Um, one of the things that I will hold fast to is that within an office, you know, within a, a franchise, the people who make the most money and get the the, uh, the awards, if I wasn't in the business, that may not be the person that I would hire to represent me. Um, one of the things that's been important to me in my career is to ensure that women hang on and stay in and build their path and their own voice and build their own practice based on their own dreams and their own goals and the goals that best fit their lives and their families at different stages. I don't think real estate has done a great job of helping women get over the challenges of family that they may enjoy under Canadian law in, in other professions. And I hope we do something to correct that. Um, but those that have held on and women that have been around many years, there was a woman I, I worked with the first year in real estate and we were talking about going on a listing presentation. And she looked at me and she said, you will get everyone you go on. And you know what? For years, I thought she saw something in me that I didn't. 
she didn't. She just gave me that little gift of confidence that I will always be grateful for. I thought I had some little sparkle that would come out in a listing presentation. And um, it's people like that that I remember the most. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I sold for 20 years. And, and um, in the early years, as you know, the biggest challenge you have when you walk into your first listing appointment is, I've never done this before. And they're going to know it. They're going to know and they'll find me out. So your, your, your colleague who gave you the sense of confidence, that's what really, really communicates when you're dealing with clients. They, they want to be able to trust you and know what you're doing. And uh, uh, it, it happens in different ways for different people. But I think that was a very nice gift that she gave you because then you felt, I don't have to explain myself. Um, this is who I am and I'm confident about helping you. So that was really nice of her. Um, loyalty is another important uh, um, concept in, in real estate. Um, you know, the longer you're in the business, the more times you, you have clients that you thought would stay with you, but they don't stay with you. But on the other hand, you have lots of clients that stay with you. How, how has loyalty been um, a part of your career, Betty Ann? Well, I can say I've had my heart broken by um, many clients and, and it, it is your heart because you've been in it and even family members that decide for whatever reason to go in another direction, whether they're concerned about confidentiality or they're in a, a personal position they don't want you to be involved in. They, they probably have good reason, but I always felt that professionalism would overcome that you do get your heart broken always, but then you get that client that calls after 10 years and, um, and says, you know, I, I know we haven't spoken. I hope you remember me. And you were so grateful that they remembered you, that you, you you're surprised by their question. Um, those are lovely. And, um, um, what, one of the, the biggest part of my business has been referral from other realtors, and when I managed, I also recruited. And a real compliment to me is when I get a call from an agent that I recruited, I, tr I tried to recruit, and um, may not have succeeded for some business reason, but the impact was there, the respect was there, that they'll call me now with, um, with a referral. And those are really meaningful. I think you just nailed it. The uh, the respect for you as the individual, you're right. There's reasons why people make decisions. We, we all never know why. But if they remember you in a certain way, when things change, that, that image of you will still be there. And I think uh, you've really nailed it. Respect uh, for you as the professional, it's got to be really important to all of us. Um, there's another thing about our business is, uh, and I guess the first thing is, wh why did you choose real estate? What was it that got you interested? Uh, well, when I first looked at real estate, I was in the Woodstock market. I worked in um, Woodstock and Hamilton market and throughout Southern Ontario, but um, I was in the Woodstock market and Toyota was announced that the, the, the um, company was coming to Woodstock and we would get this boost uh, economically. So there was some excitement and the city was suffering um, before that. Um, not a lot of confidence, not a lot of positive ways of looking at itself all of a sudden there was this sudden boost and we all felt like ambassadors and the best way for me to kind of carry out that feeling I had been in nonprofit management for years um, was to do that shift and become a realtor 
And um, it seems so natural at the time. Also, I've um, my governance career has been very important to me. I've, I've sat on many boards in the last 30 years and um, real estate looked like it would give me the flexibility to be able to continue on that journey. And, and it really has. And they have married well together. Um, and so um, it just I just flowed into it very, very naturally at that point in my life. What's interesting is is how uh, technology has has also made life easier when you're when you're involved with other other things as you are um, you're still accessible you know yeah. if you need to deal with something or in the early years you had to run to a phone booth like there was no accessibility and I think it's a double edged sword as you know you're accessible and people want to be able to reach you all the time but on the other hand um, you can you can deal with people in a way you, you couldn't before. Um, you know, smartphones. And I think that that's made the industry um, much more modern than it ever was. I agree. I had the first BlackBerry in the um, Woodstock Ingersoll real estate board. Mm -hmm. And they were so fascinated by my gadget that got emailed that at a, um, at a, you know, a board meeting um, trade day, they asked me to sit outside the room and just demonstrate my BlackBerry to people. Now, they all thought I was absolutely crazy. And why would I need to get email into my phone? And it's kind of funny to reflect on that now as to we, we take these things for absolute, you know, for granted. Yeah, a story that, that kind of re you reminded me of was when uh, when I earlier many years ago, uh, I remember walking into the office, I see this new machine at the front. And I asked the front desk, what's this new machine? And they said, it's a fax. I said, what's a fax? So, you know, I was in the business before fax machines. You were there before people use smartphones. It's right. quite a change. And, uh, and I expect uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move towards technology faster and faster now. Uh, it used to be every few years. Uh, but well, now I think it's every Even year. Zooming, you know, I think yeah. that is something right. that I will absolutely keep in my life after the pandemic because it makes good use of people's time. I think people will do that as well. They've learned mm -hmm. that that's... Yeah, that, that uh, avoids a lot of conflict and friction and timing. You can do many, many things by doing it. Uh, right. uh, you can do Zooming on your phone. You don't have to be uh, at, at your desk. So, yeah. What, what about this? Since you have managed before, if uh, you're talking to a new agent wanting to join uh, the real estate business, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, choose brokerage very wisely. Um, never stop training every day, every you know, few minutes you have put on a podcast, put on something, save links to this and that. So you always have something when you get in the car. Um, because it, it it's a business that's always ch changing, but also keep an eye on the macroeconomics of the province so you can see how trends impact the real estate industry. Um, just keep your eyes open, but also get out and meet realtors from all over. I think one of the biggest things, and this is always a little controversial, but I say it all the time, set your own goals. Don't let a broker set your goals for you. They may see great potential in you, and that's wonderful. But um, you, you've got to set your own goals, and they have to fit your family and your life and, and, and everything. Otherwise, it, it can be very stressful if your goals are not your own. Uh, you know, 100% agree. And along with that same idea is set your own way of prospecting yes. because there's so many ways. And if you do it, if you try to do what's not comfortable, it's not going to work. So mm. yet you have to test all the routes. And then once you find the thing that works for you, it 
it became fun for me. I mean, I farm. And you know the story with farming. It, nothing happens for the first year. They don't know you. But once they begin to know you, walking through the farm area was like people would talk to you, would talk to me, ask me about real estate, tell me about people buying or selling in the neighborhood. Um, so I think your point is really important. You know, don't, don't let somebody tell you how to farm and don't let somebody tell you what your goal should be. Uh, you are, after all, an independent business person. So it's a, re it's a really good point. Um, yeah. You've had an interesting career. So I just wonder, in that career, um, do you have any regrets that you think about? Um, no, you know, I'm not really one to think about regrets. One of the things that has been a, a career setback is I moved um, markets um, partway through the career. Um, so that, that kind of changes your lead generation and uh, client contact. Um, managing was an interruption to the usual trajectory of bu building a business, but I would not have not had that experience. So I've done a lot of different things in real estate. I worked part time about the last five years and made the decision to travel. Um, and, and so things like that kind of uh, change the, the, the outcome. But um, I wouldn't have done it any other way. I, I've had lots of opportunities that real estate has brought into my life. And, um, but really no regrets. You know, the people we talk to here in our podcast, it's a question that, that is just an interesting question, which is why I ask it. Very successful people don't have regrets. Hmm. They, 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 as your point is, next. Things don't work out, they keep moving forward. They, they don't look backwards, they look forward. And I think that's, it's all about attitude in, in, in the entrepreneurial world, right? It's all about, mm -hmm. you've gotta be positive, you've gotta you know, believe that you'll succeed, um, and then just keep moving forward. It's that simple, right? The last question I have is one that I remember when I was asked, I thought, what a great question. So uh, here it is. If you could tell your 20 year old self something, what would that be? Well, I think I've, I think I've kind of um, answered that already, that idea of your dreams have to be your own. No one should tell you. In my family, we have this joke about the shoulds. Um, people shouldn't should you. You should do this. You should do that. And I think as soon as you can figure that out in life, that it's your life, your dreams, but also your responsibility, um, the better off you are. And if you can get that at 20, wow, what, what, a, what a game changer. I think the first part everybody has, but the second part that it's your responsibility, that balances out the first part because you, you have to do both. So uh, it's a really good answer. Well, Betty Ann, I want to thank you for being on our podcast today. Uh, pleasure to, to meet you this way. And uh, we'd like to invite you back uh, when you have your second book. If you'd like to come back on, we'd love to see you again. Well, that's motivation. Thank you, Howard. Okay, this great. has been fun. Okay, nice to see you. Thanks. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. We'd like to thank Betty Ann Hedges and you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. If you'd like to find us, you can reach us on all the major podcast networks and on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to contact us by email, you can do that at info at rewithhd.com or reach us directly on our website, rewithhd.com. Any ideas you have for a podcast show, we'd love to hear from you. Or any guests you'd like us to talk to, please let us know. Until next time, take care and thank you.